0: to the gamers in come on in pull up a chair next to the fire it looks like you've had a long journey i'm your host jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host ryan hello ryan
1: hello hello it's been another week
0: it has been it's been a very eventful week uh Mm. we actually launched the next gamers in for gamers in presents project (laughs) I've already done too much talking today, apparently. I guess, uh, and yeah. that is our Sea of Thieves-based podcast called Shipwrecks and Shanties. So if you would like more information about that, you can go to gamersinpodcast.com slash sass, S-A-S, to check out our uh, Sea of Thieves show. Right now, it's myself and Civ. We are going to be doing about six episodes, kind of going from this week through until the launch of Sea of Thieves, which ha- happens on March 20th. So uh, if you're interested in Sea of Thieves at all, basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, any news that comes out between now and launch, as well as like kind of the features of the game and the stuff that we really liked when we were playing in beta. So uh, Mm. we also tried to keep them pretty short. So this one is just around the half hour mark. And uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. I freaking can't wait for that game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I had a chance to listen to the first 10, 15 minutes before the show as I was as we were getting sort of the web portion of it Mm -hmm. set up and uh I I just I just gotta say best moment comes early on so far when you (laughs) learn Civ's real name and honestly (laughs) it's not what you expect
0: because it's not Civ yeah I told him I'm like I will introduce you with your real (laughs) name and like aka Civ on the very first episode and then I'm never using it again because I just so I hope you're okay with being known as Civ because I'll never remember to call you your real name, and if you want to know what that is, you're gonna to have to go check out SASS. <laughs> there
1: you go. See, I was worried I was gonna bleep it out. I was worried you were gonna like you were gonna bury the tease and and just lay it out there. But no, you gotta go listen to
0: Sass,
1: dot com slash SASS and find out the truth because the truth is out there. <laughs>
0: We also want to to hear from you guys as much as we possibly can because we're trying to gauge interest in Mm -hmm. the actual Sea of Thieves podcast to see if we should keep it going past launch. Uh, So if you guys are interested, make sure that you join our Discord. We're using the TGI Discord. So as always, it's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. But now there is a Shipwrecks and shanties section so Mm -hmm. you guys can go and chat in there. It's a text channel. And then uh, also, you can go and leave us an iTunes review once the show is actually up on iTunes. So right now, it's just the uh, RSS feed that you can subscribe to with your favorite RSS reader. Uh, but we will be up on iTunes soon, tm. Probably kind of up to iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> it usually I... takes like 24 to 48 hours, depending on the show. So. Mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, I'm. I had a great time doing it. I hope you guys like listening to it. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the big news this week, at least on my end. I know Ryan, you've got another Summoner's Call that just went up as well, right?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. A whole week goes by before Gamers in Prime, but y- y- you, you, I don't really leave the Gamers in anymore. I've, I've <laughs> basically snowed myself in. <laughs> at the end between streaming and summoners call and just being in the discord and engaging with all our okay. awesome listeners by the way the discord i gotta say has been real hopping lately if you're not in there I chatting can't about keep video up. Games,
0: like i literally can't keep up i'm just yeah. i'm sitting there i've got like my joss plays discord and i've got my raid channel discord and then i've got my stream elements discord and then mm-hmm. i go to tgi which for the most part had been pretty quiet i'm like 50 plus new messages WTF and then I come back like an hour later 50 more new messages I'm like I can't keep up guys I don't even know what you're talking about right now and it's like I'll get tagged and stuff and it's way long gone I'm like I don't even want to answer this because I'm just way behind so keep it up we love hearing from you guys Mm -hmm. I swear I do read it I just haven't been responding because I'm just way far behind on everything. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i often uh that doesn't bother me and i just i just at tag the person because like they, <laughs> they take the time to tag you and and i don't want people to think i'm uh that they're being rude by tagging us because in, in my opinion by all means tag away because i'll get back mm-hmm. to that specific message at a certain point um it's uh that's what it's there for so use the discord however you see fit but yes uh it, it's been pretty hopping lately and a lot of great discussions and Flowing really nicely as well. People are using the channels. Uh, if you were using the Discord, you got a, a, a quick tease, an early tease of SAS. It got in mm-hmm. there. Early and people caught wind of it, and I, I thought, yeah, that. and they, they just got <laughs> I their surprised. sales going. I didn't
0: think, yeah, I didn't think anyone was actually going to notice because I was just like, oh, I'm going to sh- create a text channel before I forget. Then <laughs> everyone was like, oh, what's this? What's th- this new? What's going on? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, hello, everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's uh, everyone just wants a piece of that sass. I'm telling you, yeah, it's uh, you can use that if you want. If you oh. want. Oh, I will. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh,
0: But uh, yeah, so speaking of all the stuff you've been doing for TGI, Mm -hmm. you have more streaming adventures to talk about, which I think is awesome because I've had so many people like ask me questions and and looking for streaming advice and starting up streaming. And it's been so nice to say like, okay, just go listen to the first like 15 or 20 minutes of the past four or five gamers ins, and you'll get like all Mm -hmm. the tips that I gave Ryan. Applies to everybody. So uh, so where are you now in your streaming adventures?
1: Right. So this week, I mean, nothing really extra, like I'm sort of just continuing down the path of of streaming and and getting into the groove of things. But I figured not to interrupt this flow we've been we've been having <laughs> uh, these past few episodes. I figured the next logical thing to talk about would be the achievement system, which we did mention in previous episodes. And the path to affiliate it's something that it like before Twitch had these things called partner and you had to apply for them. and they were very like up in the air about how you became those things. And you well knew- yeah, that was
0: the there was no rules before right. because I know like when I got my partnership, I'm like right on the border of being a partner right now, according to the achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is it's just um, it was really convoluted and like you would apply and then maybe not hear back. And then some people would get in and some people wouldn't. I know like my partnership came because uh, I started doing the nail streams right when creative started being a thing. And so they were looking for creative streamers, trying to encourage that. And so the bar for being accepted as a partner who was a creative streamer was much, much lower Mm -hmm. than being, you know, a game streamer because that's what the site was primarily known for. So there was this big push for creative. And so that's kind of where it came out of versus like I had uh, friends who were trying to apply who were just like, I have as many, if not more viewers than you. And I don't understand what's going on and everything else. And I was like, my put my application in and got in. And, you know, it was not easy, but no. I definitely didn't have as hard a time as, as. Straight up game streamers and uh, and that was frustrating for them as it should be and it was like and then I felt bad and then didn't want to talk about my partnership because then I was like I felt like I didn't deserve it which is like I mean well if you guys listen to slaying demons like you're well aware of like imposter syndrome and how much mm-hmm. I struggle with just all kinds of crazy negative mental thoughts anyways as opposed to what physical thoughts like sorry <laughs> mental mental thoughts I didn't need to say mental thoughts Anyway. point is that um the partnership program was broken before and when they announced that they were doing achievements and that they were going to actually lay out what it took to be an affiliate and how you go about all these different things like made everything so much clearer it's like now you get the achievements you send in your application they go yep achievements and bam you're partnered and Mm it's so much better than it used to be and i'm So happy that they've, that they've implemented that.
1: Mm -hmm. And honestly, the dashboard we've, again, I've mentioned before has just been totally overhauled. There's a lot of amazing stats in there, a lot of amazing tools, but the achievement system, like you said, just gives you a clear path to the next step, whether you're aiming to be an affiliate or, or a partner, or just you're looking to stream and have fun. Those achievements are there to kind of gauge your success on a level that you know it would be helpful to you th- to know that you're you're kind of progressing in a, in a steady manner. So you know they kind of break it down between like time streamed, you know, amount of days you streamed in the last thirty days, the amount of average viewers you have, and then the amount of followers. The amount of followers being the most forward facing number that everybody. Right can see i believe
0: at all times yeah, yeah everyone sees it at all times like if i go to twitch.tv ryan murphy ca mm-hmm. i can see how many followers and how many people you're following all of the time cool. so uh so yeah that's always available it's the the viewers obviously are only available when it's live and then some stats are hidden from everybody when you're actually streaming which is like a number of active chatters. so that's something uh since twitch has started doing these like stream summaries You've been Mm -hmm. getting a lot more stats and a lot more information when it comes to like how many people are like viewing what your peak viewers are, what your, um, like number of active chatters are, because I, I feel like, um, that dashboard with the active chatters specifically is, I think a better indicator of like your stream health, if you want to call it that, if you've got, you know, two thirds of your viewers are actively engaging that's way better than having a higher stream number with two people talking, right? Right. So I I feel like you want that level of interaction, and that's, like, I would look at, like, percentage of active viewers over, like, any other metric when it comes to gauging how you're doing as a streamer. Like, if you've got three viewers and all three of them are talking, and then you're at 100% and you're doing amazing, right? Mm -hmm. So I I really feel like the the engagement level with your stream is way more important than just sheer numbers.
1: Yeah, it's... It's it's just it's really interesting to look at those numbers. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. it, it dives deep into what you what you normally wouldn't see, unless you weren't paying attention to the game. Like it, you could t- do your own stats by paying attention to strictly paying attention to chat and seeing who's talking or not. But it, I even feel like the viewers number isn't properly represented until they give you that stream summary to know, like, mm-hmm. oh, there were four people watching, but only two people in chat because the other two were watching in some external manner, whether it was through hosting, I I don't know,
0: or not logged in, or, Or you know, there's, yeah, there's so many different ways to get viewers now. And I find even Mm -hmm. the viewer count, usually, I won't see like, because it's got a little bit of lag to it. And it's not always accurate and everything else. So, you know, sometimes I won't even see what they say is my highest number, Mm -hmm. it'll be an extra like five or 10 viewers higher than anything I ever noticed it being at so and and I still I have my stream deck right next to me that has a little icon on it that tracks my Twitch viewers all the time. So I can glance down and see how many Twitch viewers I have mm-hmm. right on my stream deck. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it like never matches. Like I always go into my stream summary and I go, Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice that they're tracking that and they're making those numbers available to streamers.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, path to affiliate, you've got four achievements. I'm halfway there. So I got part-time, full-time, overtime, which is the stream for 8 hours last 30 days. In my mind, pretty like the the affiliate achievements aren't like difficult. They're they 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 are barriers, don't get me wrong. Yes. And yes. you have to work towards it. It's not easy, but they're not astronomical. Like they're I not do...
0: where they could be and they're nowhere yeah. near. The the thing that I would say is that there is quite a big jump between affiliate and partner. Oh, I yeah. think um concurrent viewers for affiliate Um, I'm not even I think it's like five or something, isn't it? It's three. It's three. There you go. And concurrent viewers to become a partner is 250. So like the jump from affiliate to partner is huge. Oh,
1: (laughs) so it's partner. So unless, oh, unless there's multiple parts, I can't see. But, uh, for partner, there's, it's a four part quest for reaching 75 average viewers and then streaming for 12 unique days and stream for 25 hours. So I haven't hit any of those. But yes. I have hit stream for eight hours, stream for seven unique days. I'm
0: I thought it was two hundred and fifty concurrent viewers and mm-hmm. seventy five unique chatters.
1: Oh, well, I'm it just says there's three achievements here, but mm. I it could be hiding them because I found that some of them have stages. so yeah, I could they be, all
0: yeah, they all do have stages, that's right.
1: yeah, so I don't actually I'm it looks like, yeah, three average viewers, so I'm almost there and I know I'll get there eventually because some of my earlier streams. Like I said, I played Life is Strange. It, it dragged me down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that game is gonna withhold hold a lot of burden this episode. Let yeah. me tell you. And uh, I think I'm. You have to reach fifty followers, so I think I'm like I get, I get like maybe ten more followers to, to hit that level. So I'm like. So everyone, go
0: there. follow Twitch.tv/slash Ryan Murphy C A. Please yes. and thank you, so there. we can get Ryan his his affiliate status. Yeah, um, and then you can, you can tell
1: me what icon you want or whatever, however that works.
0: Uh, <laughs> emote. <laughs> emote.
1: See, I knew that. I was just testing
0: you. Uh, so Rad Mobile Gaming in the chat room is asking if you can monetize that affiliate. So uh, yes, you can. The mm-hmm. rules for affiliate basically are that you need to, or that you get a subscriber button and you can have one emote for each subscriber level. So same as partners, there's the 4.99, the um, 9 dollars and the 25 dollar $1, one. Basically, it's like five, ten, and $25. Mm-hmm. And so you can get three different emotes for your channel when you're affiliated. Um, but the thing is, you don't have to be a Twitch affiliate to do things like take donations. Uh, donations are done through third party sites. So stream elements, stream labs, stuff like that. Uh, you can also just post a PayPal me link, um, which is a service that PayPal now offers. They'll give you a unique um, URL that you can use and people can just PayPal you without seeing any of your information. So There's many ways to do it and you don't have to have anything to do with Twitch to enable donations on your site. All you have to do or like on your stream, all you have to do is just add a link down below, Mm -hmm. um, which I do encourage everyone to do. Because, I mean, if you put it up and nobody ever uses it, who cares? But if someone wants to use it and you don't have it up, then you're losing money. So it's like there's no downside to just posting it. Um, I would caution against doing things like donation goals when you have two followers. But, you know, having that link there doesn't do you any harm. It can only do you good. So, um, yeah, that's basically how monetization works. But for uh, partners versus affiliate with partners, it's um, all based on your sub count. So you get uh, you unlock more and more emote slots as you as your sub count grows with affiliates. You don't have that option. You could have 200 subs as an affiliate and your email slots are always going to be the same. Um, but then once it assuming if you have 200 subs, you're probably getting very close to getting partnered anyways. And then that would just carry over. And you once you became a partner, then you would just unlock all those slots automatically. So mm-hmm. um, that's basically how partners and affiliates work on Twitch. Very, very quick. Very, very basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it's been it's been an interesting sort of last couple weeks, and uh, I look forward to do, to doing more. I, I still think I need to be if, I, if I'm looking for a more engaging stream, I need to look for games that are going to offer that. Uh, like I, I played a game this week, The Fall Part 2 Unbound, and again, an adventure style puzzler and just mm. wasn't for the long the period of time I played it, the two and a half hours or so, it just didn't. It was fine for me because I had to play it for Gamers In, and I've been doing this uh, segment each week called Prepping. Pre- yeah, I just smash words together. That's what I do now because I'm on Twitch, <laughs> and uh, I, not that people on Twitch just do that. But anyways, it was just it was a little it was a little slow. I know uh, Babylon Redeemer was in there. He was watching the whole time, and Hachikuma popped in as well, and and mm-hmm. we were we were going back and forth on the game, and it, it was it was interesting. But yeah, it's just. I caution folks to who, who are starting out streaming and looking to bring in viewers. Like I think picking, picking the game is important. And if, yeah. if, if you can be engaging with whatever title, like that's fine. But if, uh, if you're like bouncing your head off a wall for like puzzles and stuff, it, it can be, it, it may not be the best, but <laughs> if it was, it's frustrating
0: it's for you. It's probably not entertaining for other people unless yeah. they, they like to watch you fail, which some people do watch Twitch to watch people fail. That's true. I think it did um, pretty good. <laughs> but when it comes to game choice, I think there's a couple of things to, t- to keep in mind. I mean, like you want to pick something that you're excited about and that's fun for you to play. So mm-hmm. like Ryan, I don't know why you don't stream Heroes. I think that would be a great game for you. Um, it's like a little Heroes. bit. It's a little bit less like it's harder to, to pay attention to a game like Heroes and also talk to the chat room. But I think if the gameplay itself is um, engaging enough, then that's fine. Um, then people are going to want to watch that as long as you're kind of like talking through what you're mm-hmm. doing. You don't necessarily have to take questions from the chat room at that moment, right? You can always go back and take a look after when you're waiting for your cue to pop. But True. Um, the other thing I would keep in mind when you're trying to choose a game is like you don't you probably don't want to choose something like League of Legends or Hearthstone or even PUBG. Anything that's like super duper popular on Twitch just because if there's 500 people streaming it and you have 5 viewers you're going to be way down at the bottom of that game list versus like if you're playing a game that only like a handful of other streamers are playing then mm-hmm. regardless of your viewer count you're going to be above the fold right so to speak right yes. so uh so yeah i think picking um less popular games when you're a smaller streamer can can benefit you as well as um seeking out Twitch communities. That's another thing is like finding a good community that promotes small streamers that you can get involved with. Then, you know, like, for instance, I think um, my stream is uh, connected to Streamers Connected and Twitch Kittens, both of which are awesome organizations that I really like participating in their discords. And, you know, like I've found a lot of cool people through like, or they found me, I guess, through these organizations. So just trying to kind of get out there and and meet other streamers and do a little bit of networking and stuff um that can help your stream grow as well.
1: I mean so, yeah. yeah that's a new one. I might have to investigate <laughs> that and report back next
0: week. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I look forward to hearing it. So, you mentioned you were talking you were playing The Fall Part 2 Unbound. So Yeah.
1: So fairly new, actually brand new. Came out uh on the 13th this Tuesday. I
0: totally forgot to put it on the overlay. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. And uh The Fall Part 2 is this So if you, if you look it up, it looks pretty rough around the edges, which you have to kind of look past that because it is one of those games that comes off a little rough, but the first game was just like this as well. The fall was this game that came out maybe, I think it was 2014. So quite a while ago, considering, you know, the type of gameplay this, this thing is. Mm -hmm. And the fall was this interesting title where you played as a character, uh, a robot uh, suit basically. And, what it was, it was an exosuit and you crash land and your user is unresponsive. So your directive is to protect your user. So you take that directive to be, I need to get my user to medical help. And the whole game mm-hmm. is about you progressing through the levels while changing your parameters to continue being able to seek help. So if you came across a, you know how robots have those like laws, the uh, robot laws. Oh, I think yes. Yeah, you, yeah. you know what As I mean? Like laws, they can't hurt someone. Laws of
0: robotics or whatever. It's sort is that, of... Is it Asimov? I think I it, can't remember.
1: Isaac Asimov is not. Yeah, it would be Asimov, right? <laughs> yeah, Chat will catch up and correct us if, if it was, Yeah, but. there's
0: like, aren't there three laws of robotics, but I can't remember whose laws they are, but yeah. Yeah, but specific, like, kind of like that, they're
1: like operating parameters. So for example, like I'm unable to harm another human being, but right. I need to protect my human being, so I'm able to override those parameters. And And the game basically ends in this cliffhanger, and that was years ago, and people actually were a little upset because they thought they were getting... You know, they were paying for the trilogy, but they were only getting a part one. Anyways, fast forward. Now we have part two and it continues right where the first one left off. I'm not going to spoil it, but if you check out where I streamed, I did play the previously on and it'll give you that context. But in this game, it's kind of a it's a similar fashion. It's an adventure puzzle game you're walking left to right there's some shooting mechanics and a little bit of uh, metroidvania where you're collecting power-ups and and progressing Mm. slowly through these worlds using these new power-ups i will say that the shooting mechanics are extremely clumsy like you're locking on (laughs) and you're jumping and you're shooting and it all just feels really rough but that's not the main sort of draw to this game the main draw is it's setting and its story it it feels like one of those games where they they wrote the story and then they built the game around that story in a way that only you know is there to service the beginning middle and end that they've created Mm. for this world and the writing's a bit like a bit much uh, at times it's a bit techno babbly because you are you are an ai (laughs) and you're talking to other ais and there's there are other humans that you come across but they're very um they're very far and few between and and there is a segment in the game where you do come across these humans and it feels a little more natural uh as you play through as you're interacting with humans but yeah it's it's interesting so you your main directive in this is to kind of i think it was uh what was it save yourself so you set this parameter to save yourself you're under attack by this this virus or this, uh, no, they don't say it's a virus. It's the user. So this user Ah. is attacking you from, from elsewhere. So your body has been dismantled at the, at the end of the first game and you have to go into the network and sort of hack your way through using other robots to track the user. Um, Ah. And that's, that's the basic premise as you go forward. And the puzzles are all based around sort of, they're like logic puzzles. So the first, Oh, neat. Yeah, so the first
0: one... I used to the, love those when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and I think you would dig this because, like I said, it's it's very logic-y. Uh, so, for example, the first puzzle is you take over a uh, robot butler. And the robot butler has a cycle, and he won't break the cycle no matter how much you ask. And his cycle is like you prepare tea, you give it to the master, you go check on the madam, you give her a little makeup, and you go downstairs, and you're done your cycle for the day. It's kind of a weird cycle but you know (laughs) if i if i had a robot butler i'd probably get him to put lipstick on me at least once right (laughs) because why not
0: i feel like that would just go so poorly (laughs) yeah but
1: if you're rich enough to own a robot butler wouldn't you want to try it like just i guess so i mean i'm
0: just picturing like you know that episode of the simpsons where like homer makes the makeup gun or whatever that's (laughs) what i'm picturing (laughs)
1: i'm picturing that scene from happy gilmore where steve buscemi is just putting the lipstick on (laughs) And the music's got to play for it to work, right? Uh, people who know that movie are laughing right now. Uh, anyways, um, so with with the butler, you're trying to, like I said, track the user. So to track the user, you need to find a, a computer. And he's unwilling to waver from his cycle. So when the butler leaves the body to control, say, the tea machine, you mm-hmm. can kind of do different things in the room. And you have to figure, okay, how do I bump that butler off of his cycle so I can check the computer to track the user, to progress the story. Mm. And as an example, when he leaves your or the robot body, you can run around and start interacting with things that he normally wouldn't let you interact with because you're sharing the body. Mm. So that triggers this escalation of events. And you can continue forward from there, get access to new rooms. And all the puzzles are kind of like that. And honestly, there's, there's some head scratchers. I had to look up a couple... As I was going forward. I know. Sweeter. Faux pas. But, you know, I was an hour into the stream and I didn't want to stop. So I was like, well, I better just look it up. <laughs> so I I, uh, I did that. I, I only did it a couple times. And they were mm-hmm. like, some of the solutions are pretty pixel-hunty. Because, like I said, mm. the controls are a little cumbersome. And the way you interact with objects is you scan by going into scan mode and basically it looks like your eyeballs light up and you just look around the room and there's these little magnifying glasses that pop up and they can sometimes be very well hidden so it's a bit Mm. pixel hunty at times so if that turns you off of video games you you might want to you know steer clear of this one but i
0: find that so frustrating when you're like either looking in the right place or doing the right thing but you're somehow just lightly misclicking so it's like you figure out the thing but then because of a mechanic that they put into the game like you just can't quite get there um, yeah. and then so you go and look it up and you're like I was doing that that's so frustrating
1: <laughs> I've definitely had that moment where a couple times when I was looking at the guide it was like do this thing and I'm like oh okay I'll go I did that but I'll try it and it just so happened to be in a very specific order so the game the game has its flaws. Uh, but I, I think the strongest the strongest thing going for this game is the fact that the story is just, uh, it's interesting. Like mm. I said, it's a bit techno babbly, but the logic puzzles you're presented with and the twists and turns that you are presented with and the, and the world learning you do, because in the first game, there really wasn't a lot of world building. In the second one, they do build upon the world and give you an idea of what's going on in that world as opposed to just being... Uh, stranded on a derelict, mm. b- abandoned uh, p- planet in the first one. In this one, you kind of get to pop around a little bit, which is nice, and meet new characters that were referenced in the first one that you don't you don't get to see. And it is a it is a three part. So if you're gonna play this one, you I think the lunar s- uh, sails on on Steam right now, so you can probably pick the first one up for for a good price. And play the first yeah, one. Yeah, I got the
0: email today saying, like, 12 things on your wish list are on sale. I'm like, no Steam. No. Yeah, Bad exactly. Steam.
1: <laughs> I got that as well. And I'm like, what is going on? It's mid-February. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check out The Fall, because I really like that. And the, and the ending was really cool and unexpected. And I know I say that, and people are like, oh, now I'm going to be expecting it. It's like, it's a three-year-old <laughs> game, guys. Come on. And uh, the sequel's really cool as well. And I won't describe anything after the butler sequence because all right there's some interesting stuff that happens and i think that it's it's worth looking into to see if it's a game you'd appreciate because i think it's a it's a slower game it's an adventure puzzle game and we don't get many of those and it's mm. don't worry there's no sassy teenagers so you're safe okay
0: good there. Well, speaking of sassy teenagers, did you want to very quickly, now that you finished episode three, tell us what you thought about Life is Strange Before the Storm before I get into Civ 6? <laughs> yes,
1: because and I will make this quick because Life, of, Life is Strange Before the Storm is the classic example of Ryan is incapable of not finishing something it is a three-part adventure also known
0: as jocelyn was right <laughs> yes
1: it is a three well okay jocelyn was on the right track but uh. she veered a little too far into this game is a, a, a hot, a hot mess it's yeah. not
0: worth finishing yeah it's it's
1: um it's made for a specific audience and i don't think that audience was me or you i don't know who that audience is but uh, <laughs> a lot of people really like this game and i wanted to check it out but the main issue I have with it is that it just isn't a good game. It's it's got so many flaws. It's there are cool. There's some really fun moments. Oh God! That rise above some of the bad things. But the voice acting of all the returning characters is just bad. And it there's some really slow and cringy parts in this game that are like, why am I don't. Why would you even put this in here? I get it. She does not like her stepdouche dad. Like she does not like Oh it.
0: God, more of that. Oh There's oh. more of
1: that. And there are just these moments where I'm reacting to what David is saying based on how I wanna keep playing, because I know if I react the way Chloe would react in this just, you know, this teenage Blah explosion of, yeah, of you anger. Know, yeah. It's just it'll make me want to stop. And I did want to yeah. finish to see where the story was going. But it the, the game doesn't do anything with Life is Strange. Mm. It, it clearly just explores what we already knew that Chloe loved Rachel. And when when Rachel disappeared and when and and when Rachel was found, spoiler alert-dead in Life is Strange. <laughs> You you felt that, but you felt that in life is strange. You didn't need before the storm to understand that they were incredibly close. Yeah, yeah. You could you infer that from what what uh, the way Chloe was acting and and the way that the voice actress really played played up that character that just spelled that out perfectly. So when you get this before the storm, it's exploring these characters that you've never explored before. And don't get me wrong, Rachel was awesome. Her character in this is probably the best part about this game.
0: Yeah, you said that in episode 2 as well Yeah, that, that she really at least she made it bearable.
1: Yeah, and and she, you know, it finishes on a strong note with her and and that you get this you get this closure if if you pick the right choices, but that closure has no impact on Life is Strange and really right. the only connection to Life is Strange is before the credits super duper happy oh my god these two kids are going to live forever and they're going to just be the (laughs) the the most fantastic couple ever and they're just going to leave arcadia bay and they're just going to flip the bird to this uh would-be seattle to probably go to real world seattle right and then the credits roll and then the post-credit scene comes up and it's rachel's phone ringing on the glass table in the kill room of uh, Mm. the photo kill room and it's uh, Chloe calling, 17 is called, and you're instantly reminded that, like, oh, right, this character dies off-screen in the next game. We find horribly. her body. Yeah, yeah <laughs> horribly. And Chloe is distraught, and then she's killed. Again, spoiler alert. Sorry, folks. It's an old <laughs> game. Uh, I guess it's not that old, but it's just... It old was enough like,
0: to have a sequel.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or
0: prequel, whatever.
1: It's just... <laughs> God, it was frustrating. Um, I wanted, Well, and I guess,
0: like, I mean, uh, other than the fact that, like, it was a post-credit scene instead mm-hmm. of actually in the game, it's still kind of, like, where I wanted them to leave it off, right, sure. with, like, the, that was the timing I was hoping for, was I, I was kind of hoping that it, there was a little bit more, like, in information or something, mm-hmm. or, like, I don't know, like, but it is kind of cool that that is the point that they chose to leave it off at, like, with Rachel's abduction because that's like I didn't want to see Chloe looking for Rachel for the months it took her between you know the disappearance and Max showing up like but I would have liked to see
1: maybe the teacher showing up or the teacher's interest in Rachel even just more of a hint to how the teacher chose you know Rachel how she you know not not getting into the nitty gritty like gruesome details I don't want or need that but sort of just a little bit more you want
0: it's... like a what looks like a happy scene But that because you know the way life is strange plays out then you know It's like it seems happy and innocent, but it's actually you're like no no get away from him No, yes. Like you want that feeling where it's like, you know what's coming, but she doesn't and yeah You want you want that scene and I feel like maybe that's the the mm. bit that was missing here But at yeah. least you got something right like at you... least you got the the post credit scene
1: yeah, you, you got something, and it, it directly connected to the next game. Now, the Deluxe Edition comes with an episode titled Farewell, which is, uh, you know, all the voice actors are, are hopefully coming back because they've announced <laughs> Max and Chloe will have their voice actresses their back. Their original voice. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it, it's called Farewell, so I'm guessing it's the an episode focusing around Max leaving for Seattle. So you're probably mm. going to get... Um, t- I don't know. I guess Chloe's dad's dead, so maybe somewhat happy, but not really. Like kind of caught yeah. between a rock and a hard place, and Max being like, no, don't worry, I'll totally text you and selfie <laughs> You know, because that's how teenagers sound. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, and I, I, I have it. I have access to it come march so we'll see but i'm not uh, you're totally
0: gonna play it because you played all the way through before the storm you didn't drop it like a hot potato halfway through the first episode like i did so i mean I'll, I'll we it. know that you're gonna play everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now knows that you're gonna play it right yeah
1: but that's the thing is like from now on i i i promised that i would be i would be stricter with my game time not that this <laughs> took forever to get through because i've i've definitely been there before but Yeah, I'll play the next one and hopefully it's I'm just getting to the point where I'm thinking that the next one won't be as bad because they won't be as angsty. They'll Mm. be like a little bit happier teenagers (laughs) because it's before uh, Max leaves forever and and maybe Stepdouche isn't in the picture. If those two things are there, then we should be good.
0: Right, I guess because it can't be after Life is Strange because spoiler alert. Chloe wouldn't be in that one, so we're looking at more uh, prequel stuff. So yeah, well, I mean, I I look forward to hearing. I I hope it's better. I look forward to hearing your take in March. But uh, yeah, man, it's
1: yep. so bad. It's bad. It, it it's not a it's so bad. It's not a. It's not a good life is strange, and yeah. it's a yeah. That's what it needed to be.
0: Well, you know what is good. Civ six rise and fall.
1: Is it really good? Is it like. I have 34 hours to spend in one game. I...
0: Yes, okay. it is. I didn't actually get a chance to stream it, but I did play for a couple of hours last night, and uh, man, it's it's like the the extra layers that it adds are just enough to make it new and exciting again. Like, not that Civ Six was ever not exciting. I love all Civs, so the fact that this isn't like departing crazily from the franchise or anything like that. Like, I I knew I was going to like this because I just like civilizations. Um, But Rise and Fall adds a few new systems that made it um, complicated enough to, like, make it more, uh, give it a little bit more depth. Hmm. So they added uh, Dark Ages to kind of, like, complement the Golden Ages that have been in the game forever. And uh, it's really interesting because you basically score points throughout the different ages by like researching science points for other civilizations, building wonders, building districts, um, like all these kind of like additions to your civilization, things you'd be doing anyways, you earn points for. And there's a certain point threshold at the end of each era that will then determine what age you're going to have in the next one. So you can either go into a dark age, a normal age, a golden age, or a heroic age. And so basically, uh, I didn't really understand how to get points. I was focusing on kind of expanding my empire in the, in ancient era. Mm -hmm. And I ended up not making enough points. So I went into a dark age for, I guess, um, the medieval or, or no, the classic era. And then, so you get these really cool policies because, um, creating your government and your civics is actually, um, more dynamic than it used to be. So. It used to be that you would just choose like if you wanted to follow like a serfdom or a monarchy or a democracy or whatever. And once you had researched that technology, you could just say, I am a blah government now. Hmm. But they've expanded that. So you are that government and that gives you a certain number of kinds of uh, policies you can enact. So it gives you there's like a military civic. No, wait, What uh, military. I can't remember. There's three different kinds. And so uh, some will let you do more military policies than um, your other policies, which are usually around like uh, like merchant stuff, gold production, things like that, Um, or like uh, things for your citizens, food, things like that. So you've got these like three different levels, three different types of policies. And then some some governments have wildcard slots, Mm which will give you like an extra policy slot, but of different kinds. Uh, and you can put like any, you can put add Go more military, go more whatever So when you go into A dark age, it's really interesting Because you can enact policies That are dark age only policies And usually they will boost Your whatever Like crazy, but they have A really bad side effect So it's like you could um, Boost your production on ancient wonders But then like regular Building production goes down to by like fifty percent, so you can like boost one up like crazy, but the other one falls super far. So you like kind of can get yourself out of a dark age by enacting these dark age policies, but then um, you're sacrificing other things that might be like the the happiness of your of your civilians and stuff. So hmm. um, it's it's a really interesting and intricate kind of a system because then. Uh, once you go from a dark age to like, again, with the point thresholds, um, if you go from being in a dark age, which is what I did all the way up to being like hitting the golden age threshold, that swing actually throws you into a heroic age. And then, so the rewards for the different ages are very much, um, the kind of brought into the loyalty system, which is also new in rise and fall. And the loyalty system is kind of like the happiness of your cities, except that if they end up being really not loyal anymore, they can actually succeed from your civilization. Like they can leave you and become city-states. What? Which, yeah, which is kind of crazy, right? <laughs>
1: That's not... So city-states Um, that are just... Are they city-states like that totally other people can pick up?
0: And other people can take them and everything. Else. So you can actually... Influence on a civilization Like another city and another Civilization mm-hmm. and you can Take over another civilization city Without ever having to go to war So you can basically just like Pressure with your culture and your Influence and make them Kind of like see your civilization and go Oh the grass is way Greener over there <laughs> mm. and then They can they can choose if their Leader does nothing so they can like do Things like demand more luxury Resources and stuff and uh, if the leader doesn't do anything, then they'll get more and more pissed off. Or like if you are um, in a dark age, you only get like 0.5 loyalty points per person versus if you're in a golden age, you get like one point five loyalty. And if you're normal, you just get one. So it's like there's um, you have to do more in dark ages to keep your citizens happy, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do a little less in golden ages to keep them happy and keep them loyal. So it's, it's a really cool, interesting addition that they've put in here with this loyalty system. And the way that you kind of um, help hold on to your cities are they've implemented governors. So you can appoint a governor to your different cities and then they have different perks. So you then earn uh, like government uh, governor promotion points and you can decide to either like level up an existing governor or hire a new one, for instance. So uh, basically what I did is every time I got another governor point, I was getting another governor. So I always had a governor in all my cities and then they have different bonuses. There's like all kinds of basically if there's a system in civilization, there's a governor for that system. So there's like a military based one. There's a commerce based one, a diplomat. um, Yeah. a Trade guy, like Hmm. all, all these different uh, governors that you can have and level up and get different perks from them. And then you can kind of like move them around to your different cities. So if like, you know, one city wants more luxury resources, then you can put the like a uh, trade guy over there and then more amenities will go to that city and things like that. So um, every city that the governors are in remains loyal a lot easier. So like you kind of want to unlock governors as fast as possible so you don't lose your cities. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it just it seems like it's the, all three of these things work so well together and they're so interesting and just that little bit different. From, like, Civ in the past, like, it feels the same, like, you always got those golden ages with those bonuses when you did something good, but now it's, like, it's a system where you can actually work towards something, and you can see things happening, and as the era kind of ticks around, you can see what your score is, and you're like, oh no, I haven't even broken the Dark Age threshold yet, like, oh no, (laughs) and it's kind of like this ticking time bomb. Um, uh, But all the things that you used to do, like circumnavigating the globe, it's these like historic moments that you get points for. So right. if, say, you're in like the classic era and you research a technology from the medieval era, so like you're ahead on technology way further than you're supposed to be, then uh, it, the game will say like, oh, France has, you know, uh, there's a, no one really knows when the medieval era began, but obviously it's when France discovered blah, 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 technology. So it's like there's this really cool um, historical timeline that they've implemented that kind of like uh, highlights your most these what they call historic moments. Mm -hmm. And so if you leave a Civ game, because let's face it, we all do because they last for 12 to 16 hours in some cases, uh, you can come back and look at your timeline and it'll tell you like. Your Wars and your peace and your technology and what you did that was like of note the the ancient wonders that you found the ones that you built like all that stuff will be in your timeline so you can get a real quick glance at what you've actually done in your save game so okay, it's,
1: it's,
0: yeah it's really interesting and a nice kind of tool to get back into a save game that you maybe haven't looked at in a while um, and then finally the last thing that they implemented that I haven't actually seen yet um, right It's called emergencies. And so these are things like the the one example that they give is if a civilization launches a nuclear strike, then all the other civilizations in the world can band together against them. And basically, if you decide to help with the emergency, you don't have to be friendly with the other people who are helping. You don't have to make any sort of like um, military packs or anything like that. You just all you're doing is saying, like, this is a global emergency and I'm going to help with it. And then you and whatever other civilizations help with the emergency. Then there's like a quest that you have to do in a certain number of turns. And if you get there, you get rewarded. And then if you don't, something bad happens, basically. Hmm. Um, And then like that, whether people participate in helping the emergency or not that plays into obviously all your relationships between all the other civilizations and stuff. So it's it's nice that you don't actually have to have like open borders or protection packs or, you know, any of the other stuff that normally you would have with allies. You can just be like, okay, I really hate your face. Gandhi, you keep attacking me, but let's just try to stop all the nuclear weapons. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's interesting because it's kind of like foreign aid and, in a way that it is
0: kind of yeah yeah
1: where you can you can pitch in because someone has done something at- atrocious. Let's just say it's Gandhi in, in, in <laughs> this and every example of Civ. No yeah. offense to the real world Gandhi, but they captured <laughs> the complete opposite of Gandhi in yeah. this game. Every time I play Civilization, it's like this isn't He's the Gandhi. A jerk. He's just no. a jerk. He gets nukes first. He nukes China first. I don't know why. Yeah uh he nukes me next and i didn't do anything all i did was trade with china we have a very good trade relationship some would say the best trade relationship mm. and uh yeah i just i i don't uh i don't get the hate gandhi and this is a reoccurring theme on the gamers in so yeah. this should come as no surprise to hardcore fans of the show but i've also i was reading i was reading a little bit into rise and fall because i have not purchased it yet because civilization has this weird tendency to be i'm gonna play one game which is always the wrong way to, to to come across civilization you should always play two games one to figure out all the new systems and yeah two to actually implement the best way to use those systems because you've mm-hmm. fumbled your way through and i haven't picked it up just because i i know i don't have that kind of time I would love to be able to play this game because honestly, I, I oh yeah, I, do I think like I them. only
0: made it through like a hundred and sixty turns or something over yeah. four hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I find I'm always just you know that one more turn be, isn't really sort of the the itch I'm I, I'm looking to scratch because one more turn is always like well I'll do ten more turns because mm-hmm. what happens in one turn isn't necessarily progressing the game as much as say ten would and I know you can fiddle with the timing but I really like to yeah. to stick with what's what's recommended from the yeah, from the, the beginning screen. timing yeah exactly and I but I was reading about it and I the, all the additions you've described sound really great I know they've added something to the trade system where the longer you're trading with someone I think you build a, a special relationship I, I can't remember exactly what it was but something to do with trade and I think the more they do to reward folks that aren't just nuke everyone Gondi yeah
0: um,
1: is nice <laughs> You know, yeah. because really... Well, yeah,
0: they they brought that in. I feel like that was a Civ Five system or oh, maybe okay. even before that where um you could go for different kinds of victories within the same game because I feel like before you had to, like, say what your game was going to be before you went into it, like if you were going to go for a domination victory or whatever. But for quite a few iterations of Civ now, you've been able to kind of go for... The science victory or the domination victory which is the military one or the um cultural or religious like there's a, or just if nobody's won any of those things then you um you have a score victory so just whoever has the highest score at the end of the game right. so i mean they're they're you can do all of their work towards all of those things in Civ now so that that's been there for for quite a while but cool. um you're right like the fact that there are so many different ways to reward civilizations even if they're not necessarily a win condition it's really neat that there's like a way that you can you know not focus on military focus on trade and then become super rich and then if anyone ever has a problem with you you buy your military like yeah because you're super rich <laughs> like that's the thing you could do like just mm-hmm. you can go and buy either with money or with faith you can just go in and buy your units and buy your buildings so i think uh yeah they're the more iterations we get on civilizations, I think the better the game gets, and the and the more complex and deep the experience becomes. And I am loving it. They also added uh, eight new civilizations uh, with one new leader for India, so kind of like nine new leaders altogether. Perfect. And yes, yeah, so you don't have to play as Gandhi anymore. But you can just uh, you
1: can just so kick him. Gandhi out. He's he's no yeah, longer exactly. India.
0: <laughs> so uh, in the game that I played, I think I had uh, the Zulu mm-hmm. and uh, who else? Um, I played as the French. I think the Cree were in there as well, but I played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had uh, I was France, Um, but I had Catherine de Medici because uh, what I what I usually look for is um, who who are the female leaders? I usually just gravitate towards the civilizations with female leaders because I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. So um, mm-hmm. but there are some uh, like they added the Scottish. They added the Cree. I might give the Cree a try. I feel like that could be really cool. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot new, a lot of new civilizations to play with and a lot of new scenarios you can go into and the scenarios last for a certain number, number of turns. So you have to do a certain thing by turn 60 and then the game's over and you either win or you don't. Oh. Um, so, oh yeah, there's, there are short scenarios you can run now. It's something
1: um, it, I never really played, uh, the scenario modes. Cause I know yeah. with one of the humble bundles, we got like the Viking, Uh, Mm -hmm. it was the humble monthly it was like the viking scenario and i never gave it a shot i i I should give it a shot because i i hear the scenarios are are quite fun and Mm -hmm. the dlc was never one of those things i I got really good at buying them but i just not not really (laughs) good at playing them and i here's the thing though eight new civilizations still no canada i mean yeah I, i i just i feel like well, come on <laughs> like we
0: i know i really i i yeah i
1: we just des- i get it like yes you have the british and the british and the
0: americans and, the, and yeah the it, like the native americans too like they're they're kind yeah. of checking all the boxes but i like to think that we as canadians are unique enough to you know have our own box that needs checking yeah like just saying <laughs>
1: I, I think even if it's a if it's a skin presented uh, on the British side because one I've mm. I've heard the argument before that the Canadians don't really fit within what they're looking for because you're you're targeting a specific period of time, early years of these civilizations, with the states being probably the youngest. And also yes. let's face it, if the states aren't in the game, you have riots. Because it is a yeah. game made in the United States of America. They're gonna yeah. have the states in there. I don't care what your excuse is. But <laughs> if you put the you put Canadians in there, there are a lot of options later on like with space exploration you have the cannon arm with uh, mm-hmm. jets you have that 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 really fast the jet the arrow you know dan Aykroyd did a voiceover for it uh <laughs> you know you have the heritage minutes those could play in there somehow <laughs> superman maybe uh, he is canadian basketball um i've learned a- well, most of my I- canadian history is based on heritage
0: minutes based on the heritage minutes yes. yeah But I mean, like, it's funny because they're totally fine using like ancient civilizations that like Mm -hmm. have no bearing in modern life. And those civilizations can go and make nukes. So why the hell can't the Canadians (laughs) exist when the Romans existed? Like, I don't understand if we're going to like it just seems like they split hairs in the other direction, but they're totally fine with the other ways. Anyways, doesn't matter. We could
1: make nukes if we wanted to. Okay, (laughs) we could we could do it. Don't don't push us because we could. Just don't ask right now, because I just don't really want to make nukes right now. But I could totally make a nuke. But Jocelyn, I think that with the Canadian... I know, and I know there are mods out there, which is awesome. I love good modding communities, and I know there is a Canadian civilization mod, and it's there, but just having... I'll pay for the DLC, and I get it. Like Make it a DLC, the Canadian civilization, have it be a very... Um it just make it a colony of uh, the British, so it's just like a it's a skin with a couple extra units added well, in. Like, thing, I'm like not...
0: you, you could do like an alternate leader for Britain could sure. be a Canadian prime minister, sure. Yeah. um I don't see why not, but I mean like we've i've I was just in a war with Australia if Australia gets to be a civilization True. then Canada should as well because come on. <laughs> oh yeah
1: and 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 you know some like I know India now is its own country but was once a colony of of britain right and there are couple... well
0: yes but india existed before britain got true there okay i, I guess we don't it. want to
1: go down that <laughs> but, but wasn't australia also a country like there were ah, history it's a wonderful thing <laughs> we're not going to get into that now but i think yes the argument for a canadian civilization it has been brought up on this show specifically yes we
0: have we have talked about it before that's for sure i just
1: think it needs it needs to happen and i'm 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 probably not going to buy the expansion i'll buy the expansion as soon as there's a canadian civil i'm putting my foot down (laughs) i have
0: to uh that's too bad because i i really Uh. do think that civ 6 is worth it like so when you're maybe when it goes on sale or when you're Mm -hmm. feeling the itch to go back into civilization again i do think rise and fall is it's really good. It adds things that are interesting, but familiar. And yeah, so and, and I'm looking forward to actually getting into an emergency situation and finding out how that actually all works. Because I've pretty much checked all the boxes for all the other things that you can do in this expansion. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, that's the last thing that I have to experience. So I can't wait to actually get to the point where like something big happens that we have to kind of band together to fight. So or like maybe not fight necessarily, but you know what I mean. You just, um, you know, N-
1: Gandhi nukes someone. We need to respond someone.
0: to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Gandhi nukes someone, then, then yeah, we'll get into that. But, it's, yeah.
1: Y- yeah, it sounds really cool. And all joking aside, Firaxis makes amazing expansions. Uh, if this is anything like their treatment of XCOM 2, the way they add layers to a game is just, it's so seamless. And it feels like you're playing the same game, yet there are surprises around every corner. And I, and, and it sounds like this is that type of expansion.
0: hmm I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Before we go, wanted to remind everyone that we have a patron ad from Simon this week who says Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, speaking of Canadians, mm-hmm. as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Uh, you can visit us on the web at com. Also, don't forget to go and follow the RSS feeds or iTunes or however you Ingest your podcast? That was not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> consume. Consume. There that's the yeah, that consume your podcast. Uh, make sure that you do go check out both Summoner's Call and the new Shipwrecks and Shanties. It took me a second there because I <laughs> almost forgot the name of my own freaking show. Sass. But um yeah, Sass, just just don't forget the Sass, that's all. <laughs> um you can find both of those again over at gamersandpodcast.com. You should follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JocPlays. Ryan is at R.Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers TheGamersIn. The video versions of all our episodes will be streamed live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv slash TheGamersIn and are available after the fact in both Twitch VOD form and at bit.ly slash TGI VODs. which will take you over to my YouTube page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was like, I was about to say Twitch page. And I was like, no, that's wrong. My YouTube page. So, uh, yeah, there are many ways to get the VODs after the fact you'd like to email the show and let us know what you thought about life is strange or what you think about civilization rise and fall please do so at info at gamers thanks for staying at the gamers and remember tune in next, uh, tune in next week damn my tongue just stopped <laughs> so working close. for the last like five minutes of that i don't know why but anyways. you've been
1: talking all day it's fine
0: uh, yep i have been all right so remember <laughs> tune in next week bye everybody bye everyone